everybody to the Snazzy Bee Show. Today, I'm super excited to uh, welcome you. Uh, one person that I feel has literally like, has so much knowledge, experience, and is just an absolute badass. Um, her name is Ali Gilbert, and um, I cannot wait to have this conversation. I'm going to dive straight into it. So welcome, Ali, to the show, and I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you. You, you, you have me prepared and scared for what you're going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I think that um, the 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 better the question, right? The better the response and the answer. And hopefully, we can help uh, people understand. One, I want them to understand what you do because what you do is so unique. And I remember when I first met you, I was like, I need to know this girl. Like, I need to I need to introduce myself to her. Um, and so I was I was really grateful that um, I met you uh, on a, a mastermind and and you know very very similar in terms of like our approach and our experience and things like that. So. First thing I want you to tell people what you do exactly. That, so that's been something I've been trying to put into an elevator speech for years. <laughs> so I, I say that my Instagram profile says that I normalize boner talk with guys. And I think I stood up and said that at the, the event that we were at and um, that made people laugh, which is nice because I like to try to be funny at least. So I have been a fitness professional for like 23 years. And the, the short story is I worked with a lot of athletes and everyone wants to train athletes. And so I was like, cool, I'm going to train athletes. And then you realize that they're all broke. And so I was like, well, all right, let's rewind. Uh, I'm going to work with golfers. So golfers are athletes and they can afford to train. Cool. The town I grew up in had nine golf clubs. So I trained golfers and all the golfers were men. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. All these guys talk about supplements and nutrition and hormone stuff, and they never go to the doctor. They are taking things off the shelf randomly. They don't know what they're doing. So I was like, men's health is this weird untapped market. And especially as a woman, I'm going to go down that route. And former business coach I had said, listen, no female has totally taken the men's health niche and made it a thing. So I made it a thing. And now I remote coach men and, and some women, but mostly men to become the best version of themselves. But I facilitate a lot of the questions they don't want to ask because they don't want to go to the doctor. How do I feel my best on testosterone replacement? What about testosterone replacement? Is it bad for you? You know, all the myths and misconceptions. So I do that while getting them shreddy and jacked and talk about uh, their boner. I love it. Did you say shreddy? Shreddy. <laughs> I love that. That is possibly the best word. Okay. If if anyone's listening to this, you need to share this post and you need the hashtag shreddy. <laughs> it's awesome. going to be trending now. <laughs> it better be. Um, okay. You know what? That's, that's a, that is a interesting market. I would love to know, you know, it's hard enough for men to listen to women, right? That's a pretty, I feel like that's okay to say. I'm going to say it anyway. So what do you feel has been, uh, I guess, like, how do you, how do men listen to you? Because I mean, one, you're a woman talking about testosterone. How do they listen to you? Um, you've met me in person. So you know how I carry myself very, what I term bro-like. So I think that uh, demeanor is not as scary as if I were more proper and like conservative, I'm, I'm highly inappropriate. And I think the fact that I diffuse that awkward nature of talking about like erectile dysfunction and stuff like that helps them open up. Mm -hmm. But 
I get asked this a lot, and I think it really has to do with the fact that as a woman, I'm not their wife or girlfriend who is pushing them to go to the doctor because we all know if you have a family member or someone you're close with and you try to coach them or do anything that forces them to have to listen to you, it never works. Like we all outsource nutrition, fitness for people close to us. So same in this instance. Oh, this is a female who's like recognizing that even though I'm 29 years old and I have some sexual dysfunction, that's actually common. It's not normal, but it's common. Cool. I could talk to Allie about it. And I'm very open about it on social media. So usually when people find me, they kind of know what they're getting into. So they know that this is a topic I talk about every day. Um, but that is a question I get asked often because they're like, okay, so how does this work? Because you're like a female. And I'm like, listen, my gynecologist is a guy like, you know, I'm just a tomboy at heart. I have a lot of male friends. So it comes easy to discuss this, but it is part of health. And a lot of these guys don't talk about it. Like they literally, they're not going to go in the locker room and be like, bro, like couldn't get it up last night. You know, I don't know. Like they don't talk like that. Women are more social and they're like, oh my God, like my orgasm, blah, blah, blah. Like guys don't do that. <laughs> so you're definitely not the lady like is kind of what I'm getting, which is, uh, you know, I think you just, you've got a great, sport background clearly um and the one thing that i've noticed is you know your shit and in in a world where we're filled with so many i guess wannabes um you know there's a lot of wanna want uh, what is it like there's a lot of people that want to be at the top but they don't realize what it takes to be at the top and you know for you and i were coming from years and years of experience i've worked with a lot of athletes myself um, I have a lot of, uh, some golfers as well. And, you know, there, it, it is really hard to break into that, that conversation because to them, it feels like maybe they're not as manly if they talk to you about that. Do you find that that kind of happens? Oh my God. Yes. Like it's funny because you get a bunch of women who are approaching, we'll say like 45, 50, which is kind of like pre-menopause, menopause. They have no problem talking about hormone replacement. Like if somebody talks about women going on HRT, no one blinks an eye. But as soon as a guy mentions like testosterone, everyone's like, oh, you're on steroids. You're going to cheat. That's you're going to die. It's illegal. Like all this weird shit. And they don't want to talk about it because then it's all these stigmas that are associated with it or their spouse or whomever is also uneducated about it. And they're like, I don't want you to go on that. Cause you're going to turn into, you know, like the Hulk and roid rage and all this stuff. And I'm just like, okay, the biggest users of performance enhancing drugs are women on birth control. Those are synthetic hormones, but nobody talks about that. So it, it's funny when you talk about it in that context, cause then people are like, oh my God, like that's so true. And so guys shy away from it because they feel like they're succumbing to something and it's an ego thing. Like men want to be able to solve problems. They want to fix stuff and they want to try everything on their own. So I do have a lot of guys where when they come to me for coaching, optimizing testosterone could be part of our plan. They want to see what they can do naturally for a while, which is totally fine. I'm not like, hi, come coach with me. I'm putting you on TRT. Like I don't prescribe. I'm not a doctor. I just play one on social. So I can introduce you to the right people, but that's not what I push. I just want someone to feel the best they can. You're going to have to attack like your lifestyle and nutrition and fitness 
anyway, so we might as well do that. And then when they realize one or two years later that their test levels are the same or lower, or they feel really no different, then it's a question of like, all right, do we understand what going on testosterone replacement entails and how it's not as scary as you may think? And just kind of discussing all of that so that they don't have to go to a doctor and they don't have to have that conversation because I know I'm going on a tangent and this happens a lot, but do you want me to stop? I can. No, 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 no. I this is helpful. This is helpful. It helps me understand too. All right, good. So the, the fact that they, they, I don't even want to say crippling anxiety, but a lot of guys just don't want to deal with going to a doctor's office. I have a network of practitioners that know what they're doing. So it saves them from having to go to somebody who's going to say, well, you're just depressed and your test levels are fine and you're normal and then dismiss them because then they're just, they're done. They're not going to go back to the doctor and try to talk them into anything. So I get them positioned to where if I send them to one of my practitioners, they already know what they're getting into. They know what to expect. They know what everything looks like and they don't have to worry about somebody being dismissive, judge judgmental or anything of that nature. So that guys can understand that this is very, very common. And this is the route that a lot of guys their age or even younger are going through. So they don't have to feel shy about it. But yes, it is a pride thing with a lot of guys because they're trying to resist that. And they're like, well, I want to do everything I can naturally. I'm like, cool, we're gonna have to do that anyway. So let's do it. So what would be, um, I would love to know, like maybe some of the symptoms, like how do you know that someone has low testosterone? Like if they came to you? It usually, they might have Googled it beforehand, but because I talk about it as well as so on social, they're like, oh my God, that's me. Like, you know, when you hear someone talk about something, you're like, oh my God, they're talking to me. <laughs> a lot of these guys are like, oh my God, I felt you were talking to me because it, a lot of it has to do with being really lethargic and just having a lot of brain fog and, and low motivation. And the biggest like wow factor is most guys associate low testosterone with their dick working. My dick works, therefore my testosterone must be fine. And I'm like, I wish it was all, all like that, but it isn't. So there's all these other symptoms like the brain fog and the motivation that are glaring and they don't realize that they just think they're depressed. Mm. You can be somewhat depressed. You can be high testosterone without your dick working, or you could be low T with your dick working. Like it's not just about the penis, even though they want it to be. So being, being like unable to have that same drive for work or their family or wanting to accomplish stuff is one of the big glaring things. And then they're like, damn, I'm more tired than I used to be. My libido could be down. I'm much more stressed. I'm not as resilient to stress. I feel like I'm just quicker to snap. Um, they may be suffering from sleep issues and stuff like that. So the yeah. inability to put on muscle, maintain muscle, they have body fat in places they never saw before. So all those are real, like really signs that a lot of guys don't really kind of cognate with uh, having a relationship with low T. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's crazy. Um, I saw actually on your social media and I really want to touch on this because I feel like this is huge. And especially in California, everyone, you know, likes to smoke weed or whatever, like they love, love all that. And then you said that it can affect your testosterone levels. Is that right? Yeah, that but, has been a highly debated topic. 
Yeah, and I, I like I, I would love to kind of touch on that because I think you even mentioned man boobs and how it can actually cause that. And I just one, I was mind blown because I didn't even know that. I was like, whoa! Imagine how many people would probably stop taking as much as they take if they knew this. Um, but how? Like, tell me more about that. So I wish I could totally duplicate like the scientific mechanism. I forget. I'm awful. Um, <laughs> but there are studies. There's studies that will show both. It's just being able to sift through them. But it it's only the THC. So a lot of people think CBD as well. So CBD, you're safe. It's not going to affect you. Um, I totally forget how it affects the hormones. But I did train a record executive for years in home and he smoked every night every wow. day every morning like <laughs> all day long and he had osteoporosis he had i'm sorry osteopenia he had mm -hmm. major man boobs and i was like bro that you it's the weed but like you can't tell someone like that to stop smoking yeah so it really does it can affect that and has that suppressive effect because it, lower, it lowers your it lowers your testosterone levels, right? The more that you have the THC, that lowers your testosterone levels, and then yeah. that can in turn create all of those like low energy and all these things that you're saying. And that I feel like no not a lot of men, especially, know that. And so when they're going and smoking all the time, thinking, "Oh yeah, this is helping me chill," it's actually causing a much more uh, compound effect, especially on their hormones and you know like that's that's huge kind of long term right yes yes and it can stimulate hunger too which you know a lot of people will forget what they eat at night and how yeah. much and that yeah. can be a problem for obvious reasons yeah that's awesome i mean it's, it's amazing that you you can share that knowledge and kind of help people understand that better because i just don't feel like people really kind of get that so um so you help people with trt um i guess what would be a negative side effect to TRT? So the, the, the biggest myths, I would say the scary stuff are like prostate cancer and heart attacks. So if we're excluding that because it's not, um, it, it does not cause prostate cancer, it does not cause heart attacks. The other side effects that guys don't really love are the fact that they have to be on something for the rest of their life. Guys don't like to depend on things that they have no control over. So the fact that they're relying on something else does not always sit well with them. And I explained to them, I understand that. However, if you go on testosterone and you decide you don't want to be on it anymore, like nothing bad is going to happen if you come off. It's not a medication you need to, to like have for life um, to extend your, well, okay. Extend your life, yes. But like, you're not going to die if you come off of it your test levels will go back down and they're not really going to come up at all as you age or just naturally. But I haven't had anybody go on testosterone who's like, yeah, I'm not liking how I feel. I'm going to come off. Yeah. So that's a, a big thing. They don't like to re be reliant on that. Yeah. Right. They, they worry about is losing their hair. And I'm like, yes, I understand that. Now, if you are genetically predisposed to losing your hair, it may accelerate the process a little bit, but it's honestly not in every guy. It does not directly cause it. Like you don't just inject testosterone and then all of a sudden your hair falls out. Like that doesn't happen. Um, and then 
acne, like if you had acne as a kid, you might have acne as well. But again, it's all about finding the right dosage, the right frequency of application, the right delivery method. So all of those things that seem scary can be mitigated by having a good protocol. Hmm. And in, in a small amount of guys, it can increase anxiety. So it's understanding their background. And yeah. then managing like thyroid and other things that go into it. It's not just testosterone to understand, are they predisposed to something like this? And what is the solution if they do have some sort of adverse reaction? But that's not all guys. Yeah. And how does this play a role in terms of like nutrition and training? Like, does that change like anything to do with that? Like, do they have to train differently? Do they have to eat differently? So I like that question because a lot of guys ask that. and it's, it's really the same, but I would say initially like testosterone augments recovery. So they're going to feel like they can do a lot more work, which is fantastic because they were not recovering from what they were doing before. So I would say that the guys that I train now that, or who I coach now who are on TRT, I could usually throw a lot more volume at them than my guys who are natural. That probably would be like the only thing as far as eating differently. Um, testosterone will actually work better for somebody if their body fat is closer to 15. And this is in men and closer to 15% because a very high body fat, highly inflamed body is not healthy. So there's a reason why guys who are obese are not producing high testosterone because their body doesn't feel safe enough. Hmm. So any exogenous hormone being added to an already inflamed, unstable you know, environment that the body may not react as well. And what does that mean? So that means that maybe they experience fluctuations in mood and energy and water retention and stuff like that. So getting leaner is always going to be on the good side for you. And testosterone will help them be able to tolerate more carbs. It helps guys become more insulin sensitive. It's a fantastic medication for type two diabetes. So it will help facilitate that, but you still have to do the work because a lot of guys think it's a panacea and it's going to fix all their issues. And I wish it were, but it's not. So, yeah. And what about, what about guys that were even less like body fat? Like what about if they were like under 10%, would that be okay? Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, they're honestly, they're probably a prime candidate. There's guys who are super lean. And if anything, it'll actually stimulate their appetite. It'll put weight on. It'll ha help them fill out in the places that they want. So, but there's no uh, negative, like, contraindications or anything if you're yeah. super lean. That's awesome. How about most people don't even know that women produce testosterone? They do, yeah. They're like, <laughs> oh, women need testosterone. I'm like, yeah, just like men need estrogen. And I, I've very, I am very open about being on TRT, uh, two, I think two and a half years now. Cause wow. mine's like through the floor. Oh yeah. I've been wow. on forever. I self-managed until I found, uh, Eric Serrano a few years ago. And I was just like, can you please take over? I'm trying to like self doctor. Cause it's not something that a lot of doctors know how to prescribe for women because you can't just go to the pharmacy and get testosterone like you can for a guy. It's not like uh, approved as a method to use for women. It's usually compounding pharmacies. It's mostly testosterone creams. I use injections just because I prefer injection. Um, but women need that as well for 
libido and energy and uh, bone density and just, you know, overall well-being to balance all the hormones. Yeah. As well as, you know, guys needing everything. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Women need testosterone. I, I did not even know that. But yeah, I didn't realize that women could actually undergo TRT for themselves. So that's actually like huge to, to, to kind of learn that. Um, and have you found that you like you feel a difference, obviously? Like, would you continue taking it? Would you ever come off it? Or would you ever just would you just change your dosage? I've done all of the above. Because um, I had started with cream and then I don't know why I didn't like it, but I was just like, uh, this is annoying. Um, I inject, I'm supposed to inject pretty much four or five days a week. The ester that I have is a very short half-life. I'm terrible at remembering. I'm terrible at bringing it with me when I travel. Like, so if I inject like two to three days a week, cool. Um, I do feel when I don't, like there's times where I've gone like five days without and I'm like, why am I so tired? Why do I feel like blah? Oh, I haven't taken my test. So I do feel a difference from that standpoint. I don't take enough to warrant like any overwhelming emotional or physical uh, characteristics or anything like that. But a lot of people like they don't even know I'm on testosterone. I'm like, see, I'm not like the Hulk. It's okay. Yeah. You know, but you are strong. Can we just, yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I, I would say that that also comes from years of training yeah not just testosterone but it has helped because it does help me recover yeah and yeah it ha i mean it has helped strength for isn't sure. that isn't that funny though like people will see you in the gym and you're like i don't know you probably back squat hundreds um and they're like whoa like did that just happen overnight and you're like no this took like 15 years <laughs> yeah same with like you know you you, you have a six pack like i'm sure people are like what did you eat the last month and it's like oh how about like the last 10 years i don't know yeah yeah how did you become like that i woke up like this that's what happened um but you know i that's such a true fact like i i, I think that you know when people do say you are you're you're pretty you're petite you're actually quite small like how much do you weigh um 59 kilos this morning so what is that in pounds like 130 like pounds yeah yeah yeah. Okay. So yeah, you're then you're what five five? I'm five three. Thank you oh. though. <laughs> I love that. I know people are always like, "Oh, you're so small." And it's funny because like one girl I met, she's in the fitness industry. I can't remember when this was, but she was like, "Please don't take this the wrong way, but you're way smaller in person." And I'm like, "That is really funny because most women." would be like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I can understand why she thought I'd be offended because like, I just love being like, I guess jacked is the term. But yeah. most women would be like, oh wait, you're, so you're saying I look big? I don't want to look big. But I laughed because I was like, I'm totally not offended. I actually don't mind being small. Yeah, um, yeah but in, you know, photos don't do you justice because like, no. again, the leaner you are, the bigger that your musculature might yeah. look. And then people think like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Like, so I have everybody compliments my shoulders. I don't know, like, they just really enjoy them for whatever reason. But because they're like, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I see them. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, for because I've undergone so many like surgeries in my lower body, I just trained so much upper body, and it took you know a ton of them to actually build it. But I, I've always, I've always said to them like, I still only weigh like 127 pounds. Like I'm like you know, I've been like this for a very long time. So for me, I'm like, no, I look quite small. And if I feel out a little bit, they're like, 
I thought you were way bigger than that. I'm like, no, just this is it's just on the camera. The the, the screen is only so wide, right? And I gotta fill it. <laughs> it's an illusion. <laughs> exactly. But exactly. It, it's honestly kind of cool because you played professional soccer. I didn't play at your level, but we never did upper body anything. Nope. So to be able to see that part like transform over the years, years, is pretty cool. <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love that you've been doing this for such a long time. And you know, we've, we've kind of seen the fitness industry shift and change a lot. We've seen a lot of newbies come on in and think that they're the shit. Um, and, you know, we've seen a lot of people that have honestly stayed in and on for such a long time. Um, so, I, I kind of like to share this with someone that has a little bit like, like I said to you, you're seasoned. So it's kind of nice, but you know, when you think about some of these like old school trainers, they're not doing the fancy stuff. They're not providing the fancy stuff. They're really kind of staying pretty simple and they're providing like so much value in the basics. And I feel like that's what everyone's trying to complicate. They're trying to complicate the basics to sound fancy. Um, and you know, and you must see this a lot, especially in men, because like, in the last few years, peptides has been huge, right? Mm -hmm. Peptides has been coming up and everyone's starting to do that. Um, but not only that, you know, how does something like TRT, right? And steroids, because they're different. How do they differentiate and then peptides into it? Like you must get a lot of people like they have to obviously stay away from performance enhancing drugs, um, especially if they're getting tested. Because I remember when I used to get tested, I used to have to make sure I knew what was even in my protein powder, let alone anything that I was putting into my body. Because if I got caught, that was it. My sport would be like, you're gone. See ya. Mm -hmm. So how does, how do some of your athletes, like how do they combat that um, in, in like when, you know, they don't even maybe know what a performance enhancing drug is, or maybe they are kind of taking it. They don't, and they're not even aware of it. Like, how do you handle that? I have a lot of people ask about, peptides which are like the wild west because you can get them online i mean they are research chemicals so but they are sold legally by a lot of clinics and these clinics will happily sell them to you if you play a professional sport or if you get drug tested not knowing that that is a requirement of your job so like you said you have to know exactly what's in it and every year they're now like banning more of them. So they used to allow things like BPC, which is a fantastic healing peptide. And now that's gone. And now they're taking them off the list of compounding. And so it's even harder to get them, even if you're not a drug tested athlete. So peptides are like, uh, there's so many of them. And it feels like there's one that has an attachment to any ailment or issue you're dealing with. Um, like the one I'm trying next, because I've tried a lot of them, is melanotan, because I spray tan, even though I live in Florida, but it allows you to produce more melanin just to be tan. But it, it's also used for libido, and I'm like, great, this could be like a double-edged sword here. So <laughs> I'll try it, though. I'll try anything, you know, but BPC tends to be the most popular one because it does work for healing. There's yeah. fat loss ones, there's growth hormone analogs, like there's so many of them. And honestly, a lot of clinics can charge a shit ton of money for them. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why they're so popular is because they can monetize them greatly because they're not really regulated. Yeah. So is TRT and anabolic steroids the same? It is a steroid hormone. Okay. So it is anabolic. It is not the same as synthetic derivatives like uh, Tianabol or things that are, you know, illegal, like Trenbolone and 
things like that. But it is a steroid hormone that is essential to being a man and a woman, but it is the primary male hormone. So people don't become trend balone deficient. You will become testosterone deficient. So usually the saying is that the dosage will decide if it's considered steroids or anything. Oh, wow. Okay. That's kind of helpful. That's really helpful. And I think that like a lot of people would really benefit from just understanding this, this knowledge, like this is huge, you know, like, cause it's not talked about you are right. And especially like people that listen to this show um, a couple of weeks ago, I had a girl and they're talking about estrogen. So now we've kind of flipped the switch and talk about all men, but then we're still kind of coming back to the females because at the end of the day, like females do still make testosterone and it's important for them to understand where their values are at and um and you know what they should be having so um i want to kind of like start i want to kind of learn a little bit more about you um because you obviously offer so much to people out there so i want to learn a little bit more about like what's your style of training like what do you like to do um and what do you find the is the most beneficial style or method that you utilize for your own body so this will be funny because i i somebody asked me you may have seen it this was last week when i was traveling why uh, traditional weightlifting produces more gains than CrossFit. And I was like, all right, well, that, that's I disagree. A, <laughs> I, I was like, all right, that's a very generalized statement. So I don't know if you liked my response, but people seem to say it made sense. And I was like, the reason why it may seem like I have said something like that is because the people that come to me have only been doing high intensity stuff. And I know CrossFit does some stuff where it's more traditional strength training, but I'm talking people who have never done any traditional weightlifting where they've deadlifted and taken like three minutes rest. That is like the eternity beyond eternities for them. So let's couple something high intensity with next to no or low carb, low calorie, and then adding on let's see the extreme. I've had guys say they go running with a weight vest in addition to their Metcons, in addition to eating low. So what is the problem with somebody who comes to us like that? They're not going to gain muscle when they're in an environment where your body's like, I am so stressed, like what's going on? Yeah. So the approach that I take when majority of people are under eating and, you know, overtraining is let's slow things down but I know that you just don't want to like kumbaya and go for a walk. So we will lower the stress by lowering the volume of training, but go back to traditional compound lifts, like basic stuff we were talking. We will still deadlift and squat and press and row, but we're going to do it a lot slower. And Mm -hmm. we're going to take rest periods that are like 90 seconds to two minutes. That usually puts them in a more parasympathetic spot to where their nervous system is not so jacked up Mm. then we'll do a lot of aerobic training which is the opposite of what they were doing which is a lot of more anaerobic high intensity to kind of balance things out and a lot of the the people who want to lose weight they generally like i don't get a lot of people who are over 20 percent body fat i get guys that are like lean and they're trying to get leaner but they're doing it the wrong way exhibit a way too much you know, high intense work, way too few calories. So I have to get their calories built up, but I have to do it in a way where their body can actually use it. So Mm -hmm. it might have to be lower carb at first because 
they don't have the mitochondria and the physiologic capabilities to actually tolerate carbs. So let's shove fatty acids in there. Let's get their body, you know, away from a glucose load. Let's get them more aerobically efficient so that their resting heart rate comes down. Their recovery is a lot better. They can eat more because generally they may not have a huge appetite. They're always stressed. Then as they get a little leaner, then I start to add carbs back in and then they become like this furnace. And it's hilarious because most people do it the opposite way. They add, you know, tons or they take away um, uh, carbs throughout the entire process. They add more cardio as they get leaner. So I do the opposite. I take cardio away and I add more carbs. And then I push them through traditional like a GPP phase, like a general prep, higher reps, moving into hypertrophy, moving into strength, and then just cycle that around. And then whatever they decide their goal is, if it changes, then we can kind of modify. But I know what I'm going to do with somebody for about six to 12 months. And that's usually why I'm like, come hang out with me for a year, not like a three week transformation, you know? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Like transformations are really kind of something that very short term and doesn't really work in the long run. But one thing that, um, you know, like, so CrossFit is a strength and conditioning program. There's always going to be an anaerobic component to it. Um, And that's kind of like the point of it. It really was derived from strength and conditioning that was done um, a long time ago. And, you know, there was always going to be a strength component and, you know, the reps were always going to be low. The weight was always going to be high. The intensity is meant to be high um, because the, what they're trying to do is keep you in that anaerobic state where you are constantly using your carbohydrates as your fuel. Um, And that's kind of what it was uh, kind of designed for. Um, And a lot of people don't understand that. So, you know, they just think that CrossFit is a bunch of cheating pull-ups and uh, people that, you know, lay on the floor crying. And (laughs) it's, it's far from that. Um, I can assure you of that. So yes, like I, even for me, you know, I do a lot of strength training and I incorporate CrossFit into my everyday, but I always have to know, like, when do I have to pull away and stay in certain energy systems? When do I have to kind of modify or scale a movement or maybe even the workout to uh, accommodate my goals? And that's really what people kind of miss. They miss that whole kind of idea of it. But I love that you look at people from a year standpoint or even six months because ultimately you're not going to really get to the grit work, right? Like you have to like fix so many things and that typically takes three months alone. So you have to fix things and if not longer, and then you have to build. So it's almost like you're, you're kind of like constantly like dialing this person in and then only when they're like, kind of like starting to be on the rise where you can actually start to make some changes and and additions to all of that. So I love that you do that. Um, you know, it's amazing. So you yourself, like what's your own training style for you? So right now I have a coach. First of all, I have, I've had him for about five years. I love, love that. him. Luke Lehman. He owns a company called muscle nerds, which is based in Australia, but he, he was actually born and raised in Texas. Um, but his wife is from New Zealand. So he taught for Charles Poliquin, and I actually did not come up learning any Poliquin education. I was more in like the functional movement systems, Mike Foyle world. Nice. So, old school. Yeah. Super old school. So like knowing, knowing Luke's reputation for really being able to dial people in, I was like, I, I don't know what to do with myself anymore. I'm going to hire somebody. And 
he literally transformed my physique. Like I started with him roughly the same weight I am now. And I look completely different and wow. he has cycled me through cause I'm such a meathead. Like I love the bodybuilding stuff, but I also really love the strength stuff. And so we're both so ADD that he's like, we should do like a powerlifting meet. And then that turns into, we should do a show. We should do a photo shoot. So it's the same shit every year. <laughs> we have yet to hit the powerlifting meet or the show. I think we'll just stick with photo shoots. But um, so right now, like I'm going through a strength phase, which is a wave loading program, super low reps, kind of building my capacity back up. And he will modify anything if I need to travel, but I can generally pretty much train wherever. Yeah. I love doing hypertrophy and strength. So that's pretty much what he cycles now because um, I'm trying to maintain, if not grow more muscle. I just have trouble eating enough to be able to do that, especially when I have to travel. But yeah, um, I'll go for like an occasional run if I want, you know, just from soccer days. Like I don't mind it. It's kind of fun sometimes, but other than that, yeah. How much do you eat a day? I'm trying to get up to like 1800 to 2000. I am a consistent under eater. I'm terrible. Wow. Yeah. I was telling everybody yesterday that I eat between 2,500 and 3,000 calories a day. Yeah, God bless. I mean, (laughs) I've tried and I'm like, I just, I don't know why. Like I physically just can't get, I don't know. It's probably years of like chronic dieting that I just can't do that, you know? And that's, but also you perform a lot more than me. Like your workouts are way more intense. Like, yeah. And that's where a lot of people like, you know, I'll get the keto people that like are just like but you're not fat adapted and I'm like what does that even mean does that mean you're fat adapted you want me to be then I'd look like you I don't want that so why do we care like yeah exactly yes that's true but you know like there are a lot of people that do really do this under eating thing this under eating thing is just something that is just like so profound and it's done because there is a lot of misinformation and very very limited education in the people that are actually providing and prescribing someone's nutritional intake. They just give them, oh, let's just try and help you lose as much weight as possible in as fast a time. I'm going to look like a better coach and you're going to suffer. But hey, what? guess what? I got a good review. Yeah. That's what I feel like people are like doing these days. And it's like such a, it's such a detriment to the industry. But like so many people under eat. And I actually get that. You know, the very first time I came to America, most people were under eating everyone I was meeting they were under eating I was like isn't this like one of the heaviest countries in the world I'm confused but it's because <laughs> they under eat and then they binge eat and then they under eat again and then they go on binge eat so it's like please stop doing that like let's fix that so um but I, I love that you do that. I love uh that you you ha- have your own coach as well because coaches need coaches um and everyone should understand that. So let alone there, like they should really understand that that's what, what will work the absolute best for them. So um, lastly, all right, we have to know how to find you. So can you please kind of drop how, what is the best way to learn about you, to connect with you and what's going to work best for uh, people that are listening to this? So most people find me on Instagram at the Allie Gilbert, A-L-I, slide in the DMs. I say nothing is TMI. Seriously, just no dick pics, please. And uh, I am on YouTube. Um, people are like, oh, I see, saw your YouTube videos. I don't know where, but I do have my own podcast that I'm relaunching in the next few weeks. So the best way to find me, I guess, would be Instagram. 
All right. Awesome. Yes. And if anyone wants to connect uh, with you through me, you can also um, connect with me and I'll definitely get you guys an intro because she's just someone that you definitely want to learn from. And even if uh, they don't necessarily uh, work with you, they need to be following you because you provide such good content. And I love that you do that. It's always super helpful, especially in your Q and A's. I think that those are huge for people to really kind of like, you know, be anonymous or whatever and ask you <laughs> the question that they probably have been thinking about for years and been Googling for too long as well. So uh, you have the best with that. So thank you so much for all of your knowledge and dropping all of your wisdom. And I appreciate you being here. Um, and I cannot wait to have you on here again. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. We'll see you on the next one, guys. Eddie, 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 Eddie,